Hey, it's Callie, and you're listening to the 45th episode of the Hippie Haven podcast. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday related to living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle. I want to meet you where you're at, so we cover all sorts of topics, like how to make less trash, composting, urban beekeeping, secondhand shopping, starting an eco-business, and a lot more. My goal is to empower you to take action, both in your day-to-day routine and on a larger scale of community activism, because I believe that together we will make a difference. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you automatically get each new episode right when it comes out. Today's guest is Rain Wickham, founder of Lost Property, a clothing library in Fremantle, Australia. It's a collaborative wardrobe of clothing, everything from everyday outfits to dress-up costumes that you rent, return, and borrow something new. Rain shares the details of how it works, where they get their inventory from, the hurdles of starting and scaling a clothing library, and her tips on how you can start a clothing library in your community. There is a tiny bit of audio popping here and there in this interview. I try my absolute best to bring you the highest quality as possible, but unfortunately there's only so much I can do when living and recording in a van. But you can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on my website, hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash 045. This episode is made possible by Bestowed Essentials, the zero-waste store that I founded and now run with the help of four amazing employees. Our full line of ethical and eco-friendly home goods are available online at bestowedessentials.com. Help us spread the zero-waste movement around the country by choosing Bestowed Essentials for your sustainable lifestyle needs and save 10% with the code HIPPIEHAVEN10. That's H-I-P-P-I-E-H-A-V-E-N with the number 10. And as always, thank you for supporting my work and helping me keep the mic on. For my listeners in or near Madison, Wisconsin, I want to remind you that I'm speaking at the Madison Vegan Fest on August 3rd. I'll be talking about how to reduce your trash and your impact on the planet. It is a free event with tons of yummy vegan food to try, so I hope to see you there. Now for today's episode. What is Lost Property and where did the idea come from? Sure. So Lost Property is in little old Fremantle down here in Australia. We're in a little pocket on the beach. Uh, The idea, well, first of all, it is a closed library. So we tried to say to people who are new to the idea that it's like a, a library where you borrow books, but instead of books, you borrow fashion and clothes. So, um, yeah, the idea came. My garage was full of clothing, as most <laughs> women probably uh, can relate to. Uh, my poor husband was getting a little annoyed with everything that was sort of accumulating uh, in our garage and in our lounge room. So, yeah, we had to come up with an idea um, of how we were going to move this fashion and, and clothing without it going into the landfill. So, yeah, we came up with the idea of, of running a clothes library. And why is it important to you personally that your clothing gets a second use instead of being donated or thrown away? Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of research uh, about sustainable fashion. Um, We're little old hippies, as people like to call us down here. (laughs) Um, We have five children, so it's pretty important for us what their future uh, looks like. And at the moment, it's um, I think we're starting to to sort of pick up ideas, and you know, we're moving along with the whole sustainability. So it's pretty important to us. We want their future to be bright. we find that a lot of clothes do end up in landfills. They're fast fashion. Um, new week, you know, every week there's new clothes out on, on in the stalls and 
young people, unfortunately, like to look good. That's cool. Um, But they're also, I think they're starting to learn. What were some of the, the biggest hurdles that you faced in the very beginning stages of starting your business? Yeah, sure. So we found that a lot of people wanted to buy the clothes. They, they sort of put us up there with op shopping, which is fine because the kind of clothes that we have are amazing. We've got vintage and retro and costumes and, and sort of outrageous outfits, which people don't necessarily want to buy, but they're certainly happy to borrow. Um, so that's been our, our biggest hurdle, actually probably still to this day. Um, people come in sort of expecting to buy what we have on the shelves. So then we'll have to sort of go through the spiel of we actually borrow clothes and instead of purchasing them. So, yeah, I think education, um, even though Fremantle is very, uh, you know, we're community-based um, and we're very forward-thinking when it comes to like sustainable fashion and, and living, but I think it's a very new concept. So I think around the world we've been doing a lot of research. It's sort of taking off, which is great, um, but sort of not so much here in Australia just yet. And where do you source your inventory from? Sure. So was from me initially. Um, I've been collecting vintage clothes for quite a while, um, sort of borrowing it to my friends, and, and we were sort of doing that way out of my garage, and then we decided to move to a premises and make it into a non-for-profit organisation. Uh, so this, these days we have members of the library. Um, they get extra credits to spend in the library um, if they bring clothes in as well. Um, the clothes that don't quite make it into our library, we pass on to women's shelters here and also to St Pat's Community Centre. So they, they house um, rough sleepers. Um, and so the clothes are going always back into the community. And you mentioned you you have a location. Is that a storefront or a warehouse? It is. Well, it is a storefront, uh, but it isn't a warehouse. So <laughs> um, we actually rent off St. Pat's Community Centre. So there is a, a way that we can pass those clothes straight on to St. Pat's. Um, we're down the front. It's a very old warehouse. Um, people love coming in. We've set it up so people can chill out on lounges. They can try on clothes. We've got music going. We want to make it a positive shopping experience for them. Um, and initially, I, I guess I make it, it sort of comes a counselling session as well, <laughs> which is great. And do you ship any of the borrowed clothing or is it only in your local community? At the moment, it's only in our local community. Uh, we do have interested parties over in the eastern states. So we're over in the western states here. Uh, in Western Australia. So people like in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne are very interested Um, and we're trying to sort of source clothes over there and humans that would be happy to sort of run the clothes libraries over there. So we're pretty excited. What's the most difficult aspect of sourcing inventory? Do you ever feel like you're running out and not getting enough or do you feel sometimes like you have way too many clothes? Yeah, this is the problem. We actually laugh. A clothes library with too many clothes. Um, at the moment, our space is actually quite small for what we weren't really expecting the kind of inventory that we were receiving. Um, we run regular clothes swaps here. Uh, we actually have one tonight. Um, we run these monthly. So any excess stock that we do have, we pop in the clothes swaps. And these are a free event to get the community involved. Uh, we're swapping their clothes out that they no longer want or are bored of. And uh, they can take home other people's uh, bored and unwanted items. So, yeah, we're trying to just get this sharing economy happening here in Frio. And hopefully we can we can spread that worldwide. So how does the renting process work for your members? Sure. So they become members of the library, um, which is a $39 a month subscription. 
Um, they get six credits with that subscription to spend in the library. Um, all the clothes and shoes and fashion are individually credited. Um, we've got things like Doc Martens. We've got uh, name brands. Uh, so everything is on a, on a scale from one to six. Um, but we're pretty lenient as well. Um, and then they get to keep it for the month if they like it or they can exchange it out as many times as we are open. And do you just do like, you know, tops and bottoms and, and dresses or do you, do you do accessories and shoes and that type of thing as well? Yeah, we do it all. Um, Jewelry, uh, uh, sunglasses, costumes. Um, We like to throw in little bits and pieces as well. So it does definitely make a a whole new wardrobe for them. Um, We have a year 12 formal incentive as well. So we've been donated a lot of formal dresses. Uh, We have year 12 here. I'm not sure what it is over there. Is it your formal or Um, graduation dinner? Yeah, prom and home. Prom, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, so we call it a year 12 formal here. Uh, some kids do it really tough. It gets expensive when you buy your, your ball group, you know, gowns and, and get your makeup and hair done. So we've got an incentive here where any of the ones doing a little tough, we're happy to provide their dresses and shoes and get their hair and makeup done. So that's really taken off here. Oh, that is incredible. Yeah. What happens if somebody damages one of their rental items? Yeah, we look, we get it. Um, we understand that as well. So we have a, we run regular sewing classes here as well called Sewing uh, Sew No Evil, so S-E-W No Evil. Um, we're teaching people how to upcycle and recycle clothing. So if things come back a little damaged, we understand. Um, usually we just take off a couple of credits maybe for the next borrowing kind of um, month um, or we teach them how we're going to get rid of, you know, whether it's upcycling with buttons or sewing up a, a zip or, or whatever. We really haven't had any problems to date. People are usually pretty honest um, and the people that have joined the library are understanding the concept so they're really getting involved. Tell me more about Sew No Evil. How do you do those classes? You know, are you bringing in a whole bunch of sewing machines or like where are you getting equipment from for repairing clothes? Yeah, so at the moment we're just starting young. Um, we basically just teaching people how to sew zippers. They're the most common. Buttons on, whole, uh, buttons on shirts. An incredible amount of people uh, don't know how to do that. Um, so we're pretty lucky that we've got sort of some women that have been grown, you know, brought up teaching sewing and or, or grandma's taught them that kind of skill so we're really lucky that we have a group of strong people coming into our into our space and teaching the young ones really how to sew buttons and, and things like that so at the moment it's just basic sewing eventually we want to get up to you know maybe uh doing jackets things like that because at the moment denim jackets painting on clothing is huge art um, it's really beautiful watching people use their skills, which they didn't even know they had with up re- you know, recycling and upcycling their clothing. And tell me about dry cleaning. Whose responsibility is it? And do you have any resources in your town for eco-friendly dry cleaning? Yeah, unfortunately, we don't at the moment. We're looking at those kind of um, projects at the moment. Um, mostly we have on each item, we have an, like a, 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 sorry, a subject that comes up on our screen, which tells our volunteers who run the shop how to dry clean the clothes. So some of it's just definitely hand washing. We've got leather care. Um, so it's up to the, to the member to sort of uh, follow through with that. We've actually had no problems with that. With the year formal incentive with the dresses and suits for the dudes, uh, we tend to take on, on that um, pricing because we understand that they are doing it tough. So yeah, we're pretty lucky. I think 
um, everyone's super careful with the clothing and I think they've it, it actually makes them think about uh, what they're doing to their clothing. I think when you own it, you know, of course you, you look after it, but there's, you know, it gets a hole in it. You don't really, you know, oh, well, we'll, we'll throw it out or we'll, we'll get it fixed maybe one day. But I think with the library, I think you become more conscious of, of what you're doing with your clothing. What's your number one business goal for 2019? Oh, good question. <laughs> uh, I would love everyone to be able to join the library. Uh, the more people that join, the more clothes we get donated, the bigger revolving wardrobe we have. Uh, we'd like to be called a sharing economy. We want to get this sort of happening down here in Frio, uh, where we're all just sort of circling fashion, um, you know, services from St. Pat's. They they do soup kitchens and whatnot. And we'd just love everyone to get on board and start uh, being a bit more aware, you know, and a bit more conscious with, with what we're doing with our fashion and, and with, our, with our waste. And where do you ultimately see your business in 10 years? Oh, well, hopefully we'll be on the road teaching people about uh, how to start a clothes library, <laughs> the do's and the don'ts. Um, we would love this to go worldwide. Like we understand fast fashion and, you know, we obviously everyone loves to look good. But, you know, we've, we've got some amazing pieces in our library and people, they're taking photos and selfies and, and whatnot. And we love that they, they do that and we can share that journey with them. The clothing keeps on going. It's, it's incredible. We've had people drop their vintage clothes in from their grandma's grandma and they've been nervous to throw it out or, you know, because obviously it's beautiful, timeless pieces. But they get to see it, you know, worn again by young people in the library. So it's pretty cool. To what do you attribute your success so far? Uh, just a lot of conscious-minded people. I have beautiful, strong women in our team. We're a non-for-profit organisation. Um, we all have shared, you know, share the same goals. Um, some like to call us hippies. That's cool. We've been called worse. <laughs> but, you know, we all have children. We've got children. We just want to see a brighter future. I mean, it's, you know, it's never too late to start now. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's a bit too late. But it's never, ever too late. And we're just, we're starting now. So I think I... I think our success is coming from the humans around us. We're just surrounding ourselves as really good humans and we're really blessed. What advice would you give someone who's interested in starting their own clothing library? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is not my idea. You know, what I've started here is definitely, you know, is my idea, Lost Property Library. But certainly anybody could do it. We all love fashion. Um, and we, I, love, I love sharing. I love humans, you know, caring for humans. And it's just all about... Uh, start start now. I, I totally agree and, and, and support anyone that wants to start a clothes library. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky. We put it out there in the universe. We needed a, a space. Um, we got a space for cheap. Uh, the, the humans are starting to, to, to catch on what's happening, so it's great. They're bringing in fashion. They're, they're understanding what Lost Property is about. Um, you know, we, we started probably back in November in the space. We'd been starting in our garage probably a year ago, but in the space since November. And within those couple of months, we've already outgrown our space um, and we're ready to sort of look for another kind of venue to get to get bigger space. So, absolutely, people are wanting this. And, and it's interesting, most of our members are quite young, um, and I love their passion that they you know, their environment, that their future is that they're starting to care and, and look forward to it now. So yeah, anyone can do it. You definitely. And besides the obvious of, of reusing your clothes, what is your number one tip for living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle? Oh, I think it's each other. Can I say that? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's. I think, you know, we 10 years ago, it was a little bit foreign. Um, I think we all sort of, we'd heard about these big scary words like, you know, ozone layer and, and all these kind of things. But I think now we've, we've leaned on each other, we're learning from each other. And I think that's our best source. Um, you know, it's kind of trendy. I think at the moment, the young kids are, are trendy with their the plastic free living and their vegan, you know, lifestyles. And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great that this is a passion and a and a trend. And I hope it stays the trend for life. So, yeah, I think it's each other. I think we need to lean. We're all in this together. So, yeah, lean on each other. And that's a wrap. I'll be back next week with Matt of an Urban Harvester on Instagram talking about palm oil and if it's as bad as it's made out to be. If you find value in the Hippie Haven podcast, please share it with someone you know who'd be interested. You can leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast app you're using, and also consider buying me a virtual cup of coffee to keep me going. Each podcast episode takes around six hours to create, and episodes cost about $50 each out of my own pocket. These costs include file hosting, editing, transcription for people who need or prefer visual content, and my own time of researching, drafting, recording, proofing, and promoting. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Cali, that's C-A-L-L-E-E, to support the work I'm doing with a $4 cup of coffee. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.